This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Army is locked and loaded, and not only its weapons. The service has a new readiness strategy focused on people, a strategy with repercussions for the personal lives of soldiers. It's called REARM, which stands for Regionally Aligned Readiness Modernization Model. REARM challenges some of the most basic tenets of the Army. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni has the latest from the Association of the U.S. Army Conference. Scott, describe REARM for us. This is one of the Army's big changes in readiness. And what it's doing is trying to make itself more predictable to prepare for future conflicts, to uh, prepare for near-peer competitors, to modernize more effectively, and also to give its employees better lives. And what it really does is it makes extremely predictable training cycles, uh, deployments, and modernization timeframes for certain weapon systems and things like that. Uh, so that the Army really can just sort of kind of run on autopilot. It can give people heads up for when they're going to leave and, you know, keep their family in the loop. And then, you know, what they're hoping to do during this 2023 to 2027 range is stay predictable for their employees, but unpredictable to adversaries. And that's going to be one of the big challenges. And at AUSA, who laid this all out? So it was really the the leadership of the Army, the top three there. Michael Grinston, he's the sergeant major of the Army. And there's General James McConnell, who is the chief of staff of the Army. And then finally, Ryan McCarthy, who is the secretary of the Army. But along with them, you know, they have uh, Forcecom and, and all the other bigwigs uh, within there laying this out. So this is going to infiltrate throughout all of the Army. So this is really, in a sense, about how the Army manages itself and its people and the relationship to training and to weapons platforms more so than a technological undertaking or a new weapons type of approach to warfighting. Exactly. And if you remember the past four years or so, uh, the Army and the other military services have been trying to rebuild their readiness. You know, they said that during sequestration and other budget uh, tightening times that they needed to rebuild this readiness. Well, when they did this, they still kind of created this unpredictable manner of doing things. And they feel like it's sort of a a slosh of, uh, you know, when they're upgrading things and all that sort of stuff. So putting this this predictable time frame is going to make them a better employer. It's going to help them stay organized and uh, hopefully uh, make them a better service. Yeah, maybe the hurry up and wait slogan will finally <laughs> go to its long overdue grave here. And what do you think soldiers will see from their point of view that's different from what they see now? Well, they're going to see less training where they're going to have to go out and deploy. And they're they're changing some of their combat training centers so that they don't necessarily have to do uh, the live fire exercises or, uh, you know, have to deploy in battalions that are doing simulated warfare. Other things is that they're going to be able to see their operational tempo come at a time that is more understandable. Right now, uh, they don't know where they're going to go next, uh, who they're going to go with, how long they're going to be gone. They're going to try and tell people those sorts of things way ahead of time so that they can make the daycare uh, daycare accommodations that they need to make so that their spouse can get ready with their job, you know, all those sorts of things that really soldiers just have to do at a drop of the hat. And what about the security implications of that with maybe other people knowing who's going to be going where and for how long? Right. And and that's sort of the, the big challenge is that they're going to have to keep themselves unpredictable in the sense of, uh, you know, moving things, uh, I guess, maybe in secret. You know, they haven't really outlined how they're going to be doing this. But, you know, one of the other parts of this is regionally aligning things. So uh, things will be in a much more hyper local sort of uh, 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 linear 
uh, organization. Uh, you know, you might have your Eastern European and then your Western European, something like that. And that's something they're also going to have to work out with the combatant commanders, which work on a much larger global scale and, uh, you know, with much larger areas of land. So uh, this is something that's really going to kind of permeate throughout the whole military as well as they sort of, sort of figure this out. And as they set these things into motion, how will they stay agile? In other words, they're going to know what large blocks of people will be doing in the foreseeable future and for how long and from where. What if they need to shift because of some contingency? Right. Well, I think that the hope is that they're going to keep things, you know, as quick and agile while they're doing this. Right. So there may be a lot of predictability, but it's not just this huge sluggish thing where they're putting out, you know, 100,000 people at once. They might put out smaller uh, contingents of people and things like that. But, you know, you also have to remember that they're preparing for conflict crisis and, and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, doing good planning and for a possible crisis like COVID-19 will be helpful in in staying agile in that sort of situation. But, you know, all said and done, this is still the military. And, you know, there will be times when things won't be predictable. When you do hurry up and wait. Sure. Right. And what else is different that they outline? Well, I think the weapon systems are going to be what is, you know, kind of the big thing about this. They're really focusing on people, but weapon systems are going to see predictable uh, upgrades, and that's going to be something that's that's going to be helpful for companies and industry as they kind of look for RFIs and RFPs and things like that. And the soldiers will be able to also see their weapon systems, uh, you know, upgraded at a regular time, and they're not having to maybe sit in, in old junkers and things like that. One of the other things about modernization is that you need to divest from these legacy systems, and that's another part of what they're they're really trying to do with this is get rid of all that old stuff. You've heard of Night Court in the sense where the army has been going through and finding all of the systems that they don't need and cutting that and then trying to make savings so that they can put that into further modernization and and growth. So, uh, you know, that's really what they're working with at this point. And they're hoping that they're going to just, you know, like I said, make a better army through people and through the systems that they use. And what do they think are their big challenges? Yeah, like I said, the the combatant commands are going to be a huge challenge because they're trying to focus more regionally on things. Uh, the other thing, really, like you said, is the manning, uh, you know, creating a managing strategy that uh, supports reorganization, provides stability for modernization and maximizes skills. You know, that's that's really hard to, to just put on a timetable and, you know, maximize how you're going to make people uh you know, learn or, or uh, train and things like that. So, you know, they're really going to have to do a little bit of a wait and see sort of, sort of approach to this. Federal News Network, Scott Mossione. Thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.